welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. And today we're going to be talking to some of the young farmers of America, most specifically, Andrew New Year. So Andrew, could you just introduce yourself real quick and tell me where you're from, what you do? Sure, yeah. Um, I'm Andrew New Year from Waverly, Nebraska. Um, family farms, I farm with my dad and my uncle. Um, take over the operation from my grandfather who first started it. Um, yeah, so tell me a little bit about that. And you know, how did how long have you been farming? How long has your family been farming? Sure. Uh, so 2020 will be my second, excuse me, third year farming. Um, before that, my dad and uncle took over from my grandfather in uh, probably the mid-80s. And then my grandfather moved from Gresham, Nebraska to Waverly um, and started farming in 1956. Um, before that, I don't know how, how many generations um, in the Gresham area, but uh, that's, that's the most recent for us. Excellent. Excellent. So tell me a little bit about your family. How did they shape your decision to get back, come back to the farm? How did they raise you on the farm? You know, tell me a little bit about your experiences there. Yeah. So when I was growing up, um, dad would have projects for me and uh, things that he needed my help with, you know, just a little kid with a little strength. Um, and that really, you know, I didn't really have a choice then. It was kind of, you need to do this, um, or else you're going to do it regardless. So, um, that was, uh, one thing that was, um, you know, pretty fun as a kid getting, you know, he fostered that, um, willingness and drive to be outside, um, a good work, work ethic to start out with. Um, you know, just going through, um, daily things, uh, allowing me to do more and more. Um, I think I drove my first tractor when I was like five years old and mom <laughs> wasn't too excited about it, but, uh, dad of course loved it. Cause that's when he, when he started. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, being able to, to instill, um, a passion for agriculture at a really young age was, was key for him. So yeah. And, and me now that I'm in this. And now growing up like that, did you always know that you wanted to come back to the farm when you went to school? Did you, uh, is that what your thoughts were? Um, there was a period when I was in high school that I didn't really want much to do with farming. It was pretty much baseball, football, and go home and play video games. Um, but, uh, yeah, once I got into junior, senior in college, um, my involvement with, uh, FFA program really exploded, um, getting that passion and drive for agriculture, and then definitely into college uh, once I found out, um, you know, I could do classes that actually pertain to things which I really, really like and really, really want to do, and uh, that's pretty much where it started. Nice, nice. So you mentioned that you were involved in the FFA. How did the FFA prepare you to get into to farming later on in life? Yeah, um, the connections that I made were incredible um, from all aspects of the business, from seed, chemical, um, profit and loss, um, different organizations uh, into into politics um, really, really, uh, uh, you know, gave me a good view of every aspect of agriculture, um, which, you know, when you think about agriculture, you think about just strictly farming. Well, FFA introduced me to so many more things um, other than that. So, And you weren't just heavily involved in FFA. You actually held a leadership role in FFA. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a state FFA officer in 2013, 2014. Um, so being able to facilitate conferences and um, teach leadership skills to high schoolers and middle schoolers, and then meet with um, some of the really, really big donors. Um, That's a great experience to have. Now, now, while in college, did you do any internships that, that may have directed you and your decision to come back to the farm one way or another? Yeah, well, my freshman year internship, I 
was really an internship, but I just kind of work for dad, so I can call that um, a farm internship. Uh, my sophomore, or excuse me, my junior and senior year in college, um, I had two paid internships. Uh, one was with the Robinson Meadowbrook Farm, um, so a lot of scouting, um, doing different things with soil, um, just kind of around the farm stuff, mm-hmm. pivots. We didn't have, we don't have a lot of irrigation near Waverly, so uh, to learn a little bit more about um, agronomy, especially. And then uh, senior year, I had a sales internship with Rob Seco. Excellent. That's how we got to know you. Actually, that's that's not just how we got to know you, Andrew, but but we've actually known your family for quite some time. Can you tell us a little bit of the history there, the connection between Rob Seco and the New Year's? Yeah. Um, so my great-grandfather um, hauled seed corn for the original J.C. Robinson Seed Company, and then he passed that on to my grandfather, who did the same thing. And then my dad started um, a farmer-dealer business. That's what he called it. Mm-hmm. And then now being a business associate, the fourth generation, um, to work with the uh, Robinson family um, was really, really awesome. Oh, we, we've definitely enjoyed that relationship for quite some time. It's been great for both parties, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Coming back to the farm today, you, you've actually started your own operation that's independent of your dad's and your uncle's. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about the challenges that you have had in setting up your own farm? Yeah. Um, well, the the first glaring foremost challenge is income. Um, so land, uh, being able to provide enough and have enough for myself to um, you know sustain something without having to work for dad. Um, so my dad, my uncle, and I, we all farm together. We all do um, the same thing together, share machinery, stuff like that. But we all have separate um, on-paper businesses, which means we get to make our own decisions, which that's really, really nice. Um, we uh, Communication can be a challenge. Um, being able to get Lynn, Uncle Lynn's stuff done while simultaneously giving mine stuff and Dad's stuff done. But I think we've worked well through that. But, yeah, the biggest challenge um, probably has been financial Um at least that's the one that I think about first. Um, past that, decision-making and learning about, okay, you need to wear you know, your agronomy hat today as a farmer. Tomorrow, it's your grain marketing hat. And then the next day, it's machinery, maintenance, and operation. Um, so getting a feel for all aspects of, of that farming business um, has been cool and challenging. Yeah, you absolutely have to be a jack-of-all-trades in order to get it all done. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I know capital is a huge challenge, as you mentioned, in terms of you know, the land, the machinery, just basically getting everything up and going. Were you able to take advantage of any sort of uh, government programs or loans or anything to help you get started? Yeah, um, I purchased uh, 40 acres in 2017, at the end of 2017, and got an FSA loan for about half of that, um, a beginning farmer loan. So that was really, really nice. It's got like a 1.5% interest rate. So compare that to interest rates today, it's much cheaper. And um, so that was a big one. Um, there's a tax credit program through Nebraska where if you're a landowner, you, you can get 10% of um, kind of your taxes back, like a cash rent tax, if you rent to a beginning farmer. And that's something that I qualified for. So you take your regular cash rent and then you tack on 10%. It can, you know, if you're if I'm in a competition, it can beat other people pretty easily. But um, most of the time, the the renter wanted rent for me in the first place, and so that's just kind of icing on the cake. Absolutely, no, that that helps out quite a bit. Now, in terms of machinery and everything, are you working with your dad and your uncle, or do you have some of your own equipment as well? Um, the planter, well, yeah, planter, combine, tractor, um, I all rent from my dad or uncle. I have my own sprayer. I bought that last year, so uh, they have graciously allowed me to spray. F- using my sprayers, spraying their stuff. Um, 
So when we, at the end of the day, when we swap um, dollars for rented machinery, it comes out to be fairly even. So um, that's nice, not having a huge machinery expense, but being able to not really pay for it. So, Absolutely. yeah. It sounds like a great opportunity, it, finding additional income through the purchase of some equipment that you can then generate additional revenue with. What are some other opportunities that you've been able to take advantage of, and what are the opportunities you have on your farm? Yeah, well, we talked about seed sales earlier, so um, going out and seeing different customers and getting that commission um, is nice. Um, and then tacking on with that, I have a seed treating business. Um, so kind of pairing those two together to go to a grower and say, hey, you know, we have some great lineup of uh, soybeans. I also have cheat treatment that um, – is super, super competitive across the industry for yield. Hey, I can offer you both of these. And um, kind of being a one-stop shop for all of that is pretty convenient. Absolutely. So you've been able to supplement your income, uh, not just from, from farming, but also through spraying and through seed sales, it sounds like, and right. seed treatment. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of uh, um, older farmers in the area who just want to plant and just want to harvest, and that's it. And I can fill in the gaps. So that's been, that's been nice. That's a great opportunity. Now, are there any other opportunities that you see within your operation, things that you might do that, that will help enable you to grow your farm, to, to grow your operation overall? It, is it seed sales? Is it acquiring additional land? What do you mm-hmm. see as the opportunities? Yeah. Um, boy, opportunities are exciting. Um, land is a big one. So in, uh, in the northern Lancaster County, that's where I'm at. Um, I think we did some math the other day. There's like four or five of us farmers who are under like 35 years old. And then there's like 30 that are over the age of, you know, 60. So they're nearing retirement. We're coming into the business. Um, a lot of those guys recognize that, you know, we are kind of the, the future. So being, um, being able to hold those relationships and build those relationships and strengthen those relationships and then having them know that um, they're renting confidently to a young guy like me or a couple of my peers um, and having that, uh, you know, opportunity for us, you know, opportunity for them to uh, still make money and not have to do anything for it um, is really, really uh it's, it's exciting. It's more of my passion. Yeah. That's really appealing. I, I think for, for both parties, because it, you know, if they want to be really supportive in bringing the next generation of farmers up and, and helping support you to get going then, mm-hmm. and also enables them to transition out of their operations. Should they want to retire and, and maintain that additional income through a cash rent? That's right. Uh, that's a really nice opportunity. You said you talk to, you know, you, you get a lot of advice from your dad and your uncle. Mm-hmm. And then you, it sounds like you also work with uh, quite a few of the uh, prior generations of farmers in your yeah. area, too. Who else do you rely on for advice uh, in, in you know, how you manage your operation, how you make your decisions? Yeah, I think um, I think I have somebody in my corner um, across the whole business, um, my accountant and my banker. Um, and I will work as a team going forward to see where we're at financially for the next year. Um, my seed salesman or boss for kind of Rob Seco and then co-op agronomists um, are kind of a, a three-headed team to look forward to what we, what can we do with seed? What can we do with soil fertility, um, agronomy, um, what to spray, what to, you know, what to do for that um, is good. And then I, Dad and uncle are really, really good at machine uh, repair and maintenance. So um, I have them on the other side because that's probably my greatest weakness um, is repair and maintenance. So being able to have two trusted guys um, over on that side is really uh, 
it's it's great. So. Absolutely, no, that's great. Do you use any any universities or uh, other websites to help you with with maybe some agronomy that you you know, want to look up or read about or, or you know any best practices to find? Yeah, um, the last two years we've had a real challenge in soybeans. The soybean gall midge, mm-hmm. it's kind of a new yeah. um, a new up and coming midge and insect, and the university has been great as far as um, getting research and getting things out there and talking to growers and saying, hey, this worked here, hey, it didn't work there. Um, and then having an open line communication between um, my agronomist, uh, seed salesman, and then Justin from the uh, from the university, and then myself as an applicator. Yep, and that's University of Nebraska, just right. to confirm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, no, that's great. Do you use any any sort of digital tools beyond just you know maybe the internet to help you with their operation? Do you do any sort of GPS tracking, any uh, field maps? You know, what what digital tools do you use? Yeah, uh, we use. Um, the John Deere management software um, to uh, do data recording from uh, tractor, combine, stuff like that. We also use um, our iPads um, to do some more just data tracking and compiling things together to go forward to make precision prescription planting maps. Um, We use a software called GrainBridge um, that I have a profit loss per acre. Um, I can put all my expenses in there. It spits out what I need to sell my crops at in order to make a profit. Um, so uh, we use uh, Climate, a Bayer um, software that uh, gives me potential rainfall that I had per acre. Um, and that's where we get some of our other prescription maps from. So yeah, three or four different sources. Excellent. Is there any one particular source of, uh, of either information or tools that you rely on most heavily over anything else or uh, is it kind of spread across the gamut? I think spread across the gamut. Um, we use both uh, John Deere Operations Center and then um, Climate to make our precision maps based on kind of what they spit out individually, and then we kind of combine them to make um, a better map. And then we use uh, the uh, Nebraska Soils website to figure out, okay, what what's a better soil type here versus there um, in making that specific map. So Excellent. So... You know, there are a lot of digital tools that have come on to the, the scene in the last handful of years and a lot more that are, are being advertised that are just coming on now. You know, not just digital tools, but you know, within technology, within agriculture in general, what are you most excited about in mm. the future? Ah, that's a great question. Um, I think being able to um, go out in the morning and uh, jump on the computer and seeing what kind of progress some sort of automated tractor or planter has made throughout the night and seeing, okay, this is what we're, this is where we're going. This is where we need to go. Um, being able to someday take my phone and, you know, have it capture an image of a corn plant and it spits out, okay, it needs these nutrients. Um, go ahead and do it. Boom. And that sounds really, really cool. We haven't got into any, into any drones yet, um, but I think that's probably, you know, one of the one of the things we'll get in the next couple of years. So having that to, to pair with a scouting map and um, seeing what we need to do on the, you know, in a little square in the field, a little like a one acre square um, and how we can give more nutrients to some parts of the field and less to a different one, you know, with more prescriptions, I think is really, really cool. Becoming more efficient, I think that's kind of the overall thing here. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, there's an awful lot of information that that you use in order to manage your operation and that uh, you have to learn in order to be able to use in the first place. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of students who are students today that may be coming back to the farm, maybe going to set up their own operation, 
and uh, wanting to get back to the farm, what advice would you give those up and coming uh, farmers? Yeah. Um, for me, I think it was more of identifying tangibly and specifically what passions do I have in agriculture? Um, I think my number one right now is the, uh, you know, in the office, the profit and loss category, you know, being able to see, okay, what can I potentially make this year or how can we become more efficient? Um, the other one is how can I become more efficient in the field um, using less nutrients to get more yield? Um, so being able to identify like what passions I had and then correlate that to um, a business that was, that was cool. Um, so even when I uh, work for Rob Seco as an intern or go out in sales, how can I use those same two things on somebody else's operation to help them succeed? Absolutely. So looking at your skills and being able to best apply those to your business and, and then rely on others and to get uh, their expertise to help as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Andrew, I appreciate you, you coming on to the episode with us. We uh, had a lot of fun talking to you and uh, thank you for joining us. So for everybody listening, remember that to tune in on the 1st and the 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Parkville Media Production.